0: On R2C2, CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco guide listeners through everything going on in the MLB, NBA, and NFL. They also talk to friends, athletes, and celebrities about the world of sports and much more. Check out R2C2 with CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in The Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit the ringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in present in select dates. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit the ringer.com slash RG. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Tired of paying for cable TV? Switch to Hulu Plus Live TV today to watch over 95 live channels for sports news shows and more plus you'll get access to hulu's entire streaming library with access to disney plus and espn plus all in one plan no long-term contract no hidden fees and no clunky cable box get hulu plus live tv today live tv plan required restrictions apply access content from each service separately learn more at hulu.com
1: Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Bumble, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Kindness, Kevin O'Killian, Kevin O'Verno! What's
0: going on, buddy?
1: Well, I wish we would have gotten a better game that we are going to react to as we are recording this late on Thursday night as Milwaukee wins the extremely pivotal Game five between the Bucks and the Hawks. It was announced. Missing some guys, uh, though. You know, it was announced early in the day that Giannis wasn't going to be available. And then it was announced later in the day, closer to game time, that Trey Young was going to be unavailable. And so both of these teams, without their best players, and just given what we had seen out of Atlanta without Trey Young, in that last home game, I was persuaded to believe that they might be better equipped to play without Trey than the Bucks to play without Giannis, but that is not the way it played out at all. We have seen these teams rally together, um, you know, and really play as cohesive units with the ball popping around. It was the story of the Clippers after they lost Kawhi, you know, that, you know, no one guy is going to save you. And so everybody needs to be able to play together and be on a defensive string. And it also gives the opportunity for a lot of guys that don't take as many shots to be much more involved offensively when, you know, your highest volume guy is out, and I got to be honest with you. um, I was super impressed by Milwaukee to put up 123, and this is after we saw them in a game where they had Giannis for a half. They scored what? I don't think they broke 90. Didn't they end with 88 in that last game? (laughs) So The the key factor there, Chris, I've
0: always said this. When you remove Trey Young from the Hawks lineup, their interior defense just falls off a cliff. You can't stop anybody at the rim. Trey Young is the best rim protector in the absolute <laughs> game here, Chris. So that was the key factor tonight. The Bucks just... I mean, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, That's not because of Trey Young, but Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, everybody on that team really just getting to the rim at will. I haven't seen the final numbers after the game, but I would imagine they shot 100%
1: in the paint. I could talk you into this. <laughs> hey, look, it was a joke, but I'm going to actually validated okay. in s- no no in some small way okay that while it is not trey young that provides the rim protection you get a different capella when he plays and this is very true a lot of times with big guys if they are extremely involved on the offensive end you get a different level of defensive intensity on the other end and, and capella was like it was like he didn't even play in the game, honestly. like, And I know he didn't play big, big minutes tonight, but there have been nights where he has been an amazing contributor for this team, and he was rendered rather useless tonight. And on the flip side, this is the all-time game for Brook Lopez, and this is the all-time game for Bobby Portis. Both of those guys simultaneously had the most important games of their entire careers. Did, um,
0: didn't that look like vintage Brook Lopez? Prime Brook Lopez.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, look, it better. He's fourteen of eighteen yeah, for God's sake. Better. Sakes. Yeah, better. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, <laughs> when was last time? I mean, fourteen for 18, seven rebounds, four blocks. I mean, he was just unbelievable and Portis who's always been a guy I really liked you know we talked about this even in regards to Lou Williams in the last game you know what level of contribution can you get from the guy that is replacing the guy you're missing and you know it's not Giannis numbers but when Portis can start for you play 35 minutes without getting in foul trouble be physical get you three steals, get you three assists to go along with 22 points and eight rebounds. I mean, that's outstanding production from that spot.
0: No doubt about it. I mean, I think you look at what those guys did on the offensive end of the floor tonight. I mean, in addition, we didn't mention the names Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday yet, right? I mean, we said it on Tuesday night. The Hawks have better depth. But the Bucks have better top-end depth, if that makes sense. Like those yep. guys who can slide right in and potentially have big games. Like Sometimes it's it's so easy to forget, Chris. Brooke Lopez's role for this Bucks team oftentimes is to be a spot-up shooter. Oftentimes. Yep. Sometimes they have him in inside. But in the prime of his career, this was a guy who feasted on post-ups, feasted on cuts and rolls to the rim. And we just saw a, a heck of a lot more of that because of the opportunity provided without Giannis out there, right? I mean, it's pretty clear to me that, you know, you mentioned last game, like we expected maybe Atlanta could adjust better based off what we saw. But it's pretty apparent to me that when the coaching staff and the Bucks went back and watched the film, they said – We have ways to exploit this Hawks defense with Brooke Lopez, and they did that in every single way tonight. It was impressive to see, and I thought Drew Holiday also looked better than he has. I mean, he was only 9 for 20, but the way he was moving, the way he was getting to the basket, the passing, uh, I think it was really – in many ways, just the purpose he played with, like he's very decisive with his movements on the court, with his dribble and where he was going with the ball, he played a sensational game. Even if like it was only nine for twenty, those thirteen assists to only two turnovers were absolutely uh, incredible for the Bucks.
1: Well, and this is a this is in this one. I'm a I'm a wait and see because it seems far fetched that they're going to get Giannis back. Yeah, it's definitely probably. Uh, you're much closer to being able to get Trey back, but thank goodness,
0: though, for Giannis, it's only a hyperextension. That there's nothing more than that. And as far it, as we very, know. As far as we know, it's just
1: so unclear. I know. As far as we know, I I am I'm at my wits' end with some of the injury stuff, and I understand why they would treat it the way they have, but you know, the the hyperextension stuff when when somebody says. You know, a guy's got a hyperextended knee. What that means, and this is, uh, uh, I learned this from uh, in street clothes, Jeff Stotts. She's great. That's just describing what happened. That's not your injury. That's just describing what happened to your knee. Now, it was followed up today where they said there was no structural damage. Yes. But you also don't know what it means you don't know what his injury is like okay so you ruled out the fact that you don't have they, they didn't find structural damage which is a good thing when you're talking about an acl which was out there and there was a fear that that could happen right so of course there's a fear
0: there's always a fear anytime yeah. a guy's knee bends backwards of course the organization right. feared that but you know? i mean
1: like a guy <laughs> if you say a guy hyper extended his knee i mean it's it's like the equivalent of saying A guy twisted his ankle. Okay, cool. So what's wrong with it? Is it broken? Is it sprained? Is it like, (laughs) is his knee sprained? Like we don't know. They have been closed mouth on that. All we know is the big thing, which is that he is not because ninety nine percent of the time, and we've been through this actually with some very high profile players, not the least of which is Kawhi Leonard. On the other side, you know, and and we've mentioned this before, Kev. There's a timeline on this stuff. The injury takes place. Then the diagnosis that, you know, they rule them out for the game with whatever they say they're ruling them out with. And then by the next morning you're going and you're getting all the scans and everything like that. And then they tell you, here's what the injury is. Here's the timeline for this type of injury. Typically, then you have rehab, then you have return. Well, we're not getting that second piece on this, you know? So, in the absence of knowing what the injury is, you can't know what the timeline is. And that's intentional.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but ultimately, like, we know, we know there's not structural damage, but there could be, you know, tissue issues. You know, there could be a heck of a lot that we don't know. And, I mean, ultimately, it would really be a shocker if he were to come back. Like, finals, if the Bucks make the finals, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but it's so hard to know
1: without the, all the details. They might be able to get Trey Young back, and it's going to be a home game. And, you know, the Bucks have felt many, time, the, the, many times the most impressed you've been with the Bucks is when you've watched them on their home court. They, do, they have an unbelievable crowd. You know, we wondered how much home court advantage would matter and like you watch a game like tonight and that crowd was really Dude, into it and you you how feel about the fans like, outside
0: they're jumping oh, up and down like it's a concert just up and down and sink it was beautiful to watch. It's just a different energy.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's a different energy when they're playing in that arena and it stands to reason that you might not get that level of play when they are playing a game six on the road against a team with the back against a wall that might get the best player back. So, I mean, I don't know if this, and there will inevitably be adjustments to the way this is played. This has been quite the chess match and a very difficult proposition for both of these coaches because you are coaching teams in the absence of your most important player on your team and all the while trying to figure out how do I want to attack this opposing team on both ends with a different, you know, it's it's a different team. It's just like when you lose that guy, a lot of times teams just function like they function if a guy goes out, right? Like the Hawks, they lose DeAndre Hunter, they plug a guy in and they play, right? Uh, the the Bucks, they lose DiVincenzo, they plug a guy in and they play. They're going to have some problems with it, but they, they'll just do it. You can't, when your best player's gone, You know, like now all of a sudden you're Ty Lue and you're playing zone against the Phoenix Suns in a game or you're going five wide and playing five small guys. And the same thing goes with this. I'm sure that if you would have told me or if I would have told you, Kevin, this morning, I would have said, look, I'm going to give you one fact about tonight's game, Kevin. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to hit nine three-pointers. I mean, there's no amount of money you wouldn't have bet against them. Yeah,
0: you're right. Yep. Nine? Yep.
1: Who wins a game making nine three pointers in 2021? Very, that's like first quarter stuff. Yeah,
0: it's a, yeah first quarter stuff. <laughs> 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 you know? but, but I mean, like that speaks to you know the game though and how it played out. The fact that they are getting into the paint at the rim with yep. Brook Lopez, with everybody on that roster, getting to the paint, getting to the basket, and that's the way they they won this game was getting to the rim. And I thought. On the other side, though, for Atlanta, if you're looking ahead to Game 6 here, it's got to be a little bit encouraging, at least, that if you get Trey back, Bogdan Bogdanovich looked better than he has physically Mm -hmm. throughout the entire series, and it showed up in the numbers as well. 7 for 16 from 3, 28 total points. That has to be a bit encouraging. I thought it was odd how often they tried to get Danilo Gallinari switched onto Drew Holiday on some post-ups. I mean, Drew is... Seven, eight inches shorter than Gallo, but he can defend the post. He's tough. I don't think that's like the, the, a great mismatch that you should be hunting out necessarily. So for Atlanta here entering game six, if you get Trey back in a game that Giannis might not, I mean, in all likelihood, yep. won't be back from Milwaukee. There are some encouraging indicators, and herder should be way better than a 3-for-12 um, in a Game 6. But, you know, if you're a Paul Hawks fan coming back down 3-2 now, it's going to be really, really challenging, but not impossible if Giannis doesn't
1: return from Milwaukee. Well, here's the most promising thing for Atlanta. The old adage, Kevin, is that in the playoffs— role players play better at home and hell, that's all we got left in this series. <laughs> Just all role players. Just a bunch of role players. So if they play better at home, you saw play better at home tonight for Milwaukee. Inevitably in Atlanta, you'll probably see them play better.
0: If it was like a January regular season game in yeah. some ways, except it was, it had playoff implications. Just kind of weird. Well, it's like, yeah, when's the last time we saw a game? Has it ever happened that two conference finalists didn't have their best players? I mean, I can't, I mean, I, I, c- I can't recall it. I mean, my memory is not great at pulling stuff out out of the archives like this, but question for the listeners. I'm curious if anybody listening re- remembers that either. Cause I can't think we the
1: best player on the yeah, team. I mean, I know. I mean, we just had one without Kawhi,
0: but then even if you say that they still had Paul George, how about like no, you know, current all NBA or all star talent, like even like, even then,
1: well, I, I mean, mean at least Middleton's been an yeah, all-star. Yeah, Chris right? Middleton but has been, sure. Yeah. He he has been an all star. But I, I I do I want to go back to the guy that you did mention about them trying to get the matchups on Holiday. Um Holiday is a guy that I have always had an intensely high opinion of and have thought this is a guy that these are the this is the kind of guy that you want on your team for playoff runs. Like he's there for it. He's Foxhole guy and he has just been a monstrous disappointment to me throughout this playoff run. Um just, you know, I have a very high standard for him and tonight was really like the first night where I felt like now that's that guy, you know? And now he it he was forced into being that guy, he has hit. He hits a big shots down the stretch against Brooklyn, but there were there were a lot of times in that Brooklyn series. It's like, God, man, I think so much of you. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> and tonight, the twenty five points, the thirteen assists. Like, what more can you ask for um, from this guy than what he gave you tonight? And at least it was. I mean, it's taken a long time, but I mean. I honestly thought maybe not 25 and 13. I thought you were going to get a lot of big games out of Drew Holiday when the lights got the brightest. Because, you know, the one time I remember seeing him in playoff basketball was that series where his Pelicans team, would, the, the good one with AD that they had that wiped out Portland. I was like, yo, this guy, like, this is a guy that when, when you get to the playoffs, that's what you're remembered for the most. And this guy, not only is he there for it, my God, he is awesome. And, you know, you just, that once that sticks with you, it's like, now here's a guy that raises his level of play when when it comes to playoff time. And he hadn't been that guy to me no. throughout this, but he was tonight. And, and you know. Entering tonight, just to
0: give the, this some context, 16.5 points per game, 29% from three, 42% from the field were Drew Holiday's numbers entering tonight's game. So, you know, low from three, lower than normal from two-point range, even from free throw, only 67% throughout the postseason compared to 79% during the regular season. All his numbers are down. Is this some cold streak? Is he tired? I mean, is it nerves? I don't know what it is. I can't imagine his nerves. Like you said, we've seen him play at a very high level in the postseason before. If it's a cold streak, very well could be. It happens. Maybe this is a turning point here. And and Milwaukee could be getting a hot Drew holiday the rest of the season, just like they had all year long. You know, 18 points per game, nearly 40% from three. He was nasty. For the Bucs all season long. If they get that guy the rest of the way, they might just win the NBA Finals.
1: Well, and if they have a, you know, if they can win one of these next two games, I mean, you're matched up with Chris Paul. That should be. You can't fun get bigger than that, that right? Imagine that. Oof. I mean, you can't get bigger than that, and so you gotta you gotta come to the party with something, right? In in that case, um, he was very very good tonight. Very good when they needed it most. He had a huge game. And to, to your point about the confidence thing, come on. He he has no problem with confidence. Hell, he was one for 1,000 in that Brooklyn game, and he hit three of the biggest shots of the game. He kept shooting. <laughs> he was like four for 20 or something, and he's taking three of the biggest shots of the entire game Uh, when they eliminated Brooklyn. Uh, anyways, it's so hard to know, you know, Who's going to be available if Trey Young's coming back for Game Six? But I mean, it is Atlanta on their home court. I think they they burned us so many times that I do give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, I don't think that this game. I didn't watch this game and go up, oh, Bucks. You know, it took them a little while in the series, but they got them figured out now. Like I don't. There are so many like outlier things. That took place in this game. I mean, Brooke Lopez, come on, how many times is he getting thirty plus against you? Sure. Bobby Portis had the best game of his career. I mean, now Middleton and Middleton, we talk about like what could be duplicated. Middleton and Holiday could both oh, yeah. simultaneously uh, be great. I, I think so too, for sure. For sure,
0: no doubt about that.
1: But they got big performances out of guys that I would not have expected them to get the big performances out of.
0: Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Tired of paying for cable TV? Switch to Hulu Plus Live TV today to watch over 95 live channels for sports, news, shows, and more. Plus, you'll get access to Hulu's entire streaming library with access to Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one plan. No long-term contract, no hidden fees, and no clunky cable box. Get Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas.
1: Now, on to what took place last night. That is the bright future sons of the bright now sons. They are... In the NBA Finals. Woo! Bright future after, suns! After defeating somewhere, Josh Jackson, and TJ Warren, and... uh Dragon Bender. And Alex Land, and Tyler Eulis and all, all the rest of them. I hope they all uh, poured one out last night for... The sins of the past, because (laughs) they were all righted by Chris Paul last night, and that was one of those nights, Kevin, where it's the signature masterpiece performance for a guy that has had an unbelievable career when he is, because it's not just... You know, it's late in his career, and he's finally getting to the finals. It was late in his career. He was the best player on the floor by a wide margin in a game that was going to decide his fate, and 41 points, and he's got, like, no turnovers. He's got eight assists. And every time the Clippers got any bit of hope, he dashed it. he was something else. You were not beating that guy last night. Like, that's how that felt. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's those old stories about, you know – Barkley, you know, looking across at Jordan and being like, I, I, I can't beat this guy. Like, that's how it felt last night watching that game. It was like every time the Clippers got a little bit of hope and Steve Palmer started grabbing people's groins. That was weird. He, when
0: Palmer did that, that, did you see the guy who like reached down Palmer's hand and was like, pushed it away? Like, get out of here. Very awkward. Bro. I mean, that's. Palmer gets a little too excited sometimes. <laughs>
1: You don't want you don't say. Um <laughs> What look, a moment. If anybody hasn't mo- seen that, hey.
0: look look for the Ballmer celebration clip.
1: It's oh, pretty funny. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, my goodness. It's NC17. Um Chris Paul last night and that Phoenix Suns team. And let me say something kept uh, cuz we'll backtrack to the actual game, but his moment after the game where sometimes these post-game interviews give you nothing. Yeah. Um, that gave and, you something last and, night. and sometimes there's moments that take place. And you didn't know what he was going to do when Rachel Nichols asked him questions about what it means to him because there's, there's many guys in the past that have said, you know, this is awesome. We're so happy that we were able to get this done. But – we're not done yet, you know, that kind of stuff. There's still work to be done or whatever. And instead, it, he took that moment to say, it's been 16 years. There's all these people that have been by me, and it's all those surgeries, and it's all those losses, and it's all those bad losses, and it's being here and giving my heart and soul in L.A., for six years and coming up short. And then obviously, and like, he got very reflective and he's like, we're going to enjoy this. And we're going to enjoy this tonight. And it was like, it was like a real moment. It was a real moment, right? Where a guy, it felt like he did take the time to smell the roses, as they say, rather than just do the, you know, the cliched, Our work's not done. We got more work to do. We're not happy yet. You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, yo, it's been 16 years. I've been trying to get to where I just got. And my back hurts because Pepe pushed me. No, he didn't say that. (laughs) Um, But it was like, it was a a moment for sure. And look, his antics can get annoying. He even had a couple moments last night. Yeah, the flopping, that's part of that's
0: everybody part of the NBA has, and part of Chris Paul.
1: But also everybody recognizes what an unbelievable player he has been for so long. And if you are a true basketball fan and an NBA fan, I find it difficult to believe that you did not feel happy for that guy. How
0: could you not feel happy for Chris Paul, Chris? After watching him for over a decade, you know, so like the way like if you start from his career to where you're, how much of your life has changed now. That's There's right. so few players who have maintained such an elite level of play over the course of over, you know, 15 years, 16 years. It's remarkable that he's still doing this. Like you don't take Chris Paul for granted. And I, I thought Chris, the quote that he said in the locker room, the Suns posted a video today and like they're celebrating Deandre Ayton's, you know, laying on the floor <laughs> with the trophy. And Chris Paul says something along the lines of as good as this feels Imagine what the next one's going to feel like, Mm. and I thought the way the team celebrated, the way they rallied, the way this team has fought every step of the way here, and the fact that Chris Paul is doing this with Monty Williams, Monty Williams' first year as an NBA head coach was in 2010, Chris Paul's final season in New Orleans. The fact that these guys 10 years later joined up again, how, how all of their lives have changed so much over those 10 years, and that they're together again. And now that they have this opportunity to bring the Phoenix Suns to the NBA Finals and maybe win it, it, it just feels like, uh, I mean, the, the Suns in some ways feel like a team of destiny. Um, we'll see what happens with the bucks. They could very much have the same beautiful story. Giannis has this scary injury. And he goes down, then he comes back and has some heroics. It could be the same thing for the Bucks. Like there's always multiple teams that feel like a team of destiny. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But this Suns team, it's just very much like a storybook, the way it has come together with Chris Paul and Monty Williams helping this franchise with Devin Booker and DeAndre and some of the young bright spots, Mikhail Bridges, too, and coming together and building this team that plays together, that plays for each other, and just plays a just a High level of basketball on both ends of the floor. It's a heck of a lot of fun to watch, man. It's a great story, the fact that they're
1: even here. Years ago, you know, you say... I covered a lot of playoff series that included uh, Chris Paul. I detested Chris Paul and those Clippers teams for so long, but I talked about this a couple weeks ago. You know, in this day and age, when you know, after colossal disappointment in Houston, when he gets shipped off to go play in Oklahoma City... And he didn't make a peep, and he didn't force his way out, and he didn't throw fit over it, and he didn't lay down. He took a group of guys that he had never played with before, threw them on their back. They were the best clutch team in the NBA. They were the be- He was the best clutch performer in the NBA, and he got him the damn five seed last year, right? And then he's able to move on, and he doesn't go with two other superstars. I mean, like to me, his story and the way this has happened. You talked about the ten years ago playing with Monty Williams, or and I, I, man, I felt old the other day. I I saw, I saw. Did you see it? Where this was when he was out for COVID. The um, the video that they were showing that was taken at their house by his kid it was a tiktok video with chris paul dancing in the background and this is what he was out for and i i I think the kid on tiktok is like little chris paul or something i mean he's got a ton of followers or whatever but i i I was watching i'm like like when you say about how much they have changed and we have changed throughout watching his career i'm sitting there going that's the kid from his lap (laughs) In the press conferences? Like that? Yeah. How? How? How does this kid, Lil Chris Paul, looks like a <laughs> teenager, got TikToks with this, you know, dad acting goofy in the background? I'm like, this is wild. <laughs> wild. Like I remember, everybody remembers Chris Paul going to press conferences with this kid on his lap. Like that was commonplace every playoffs. Um, and the other thing I'll say is this. He's the best player on the floor last night in a Western Conference Finals game. He had 41 points. And if you would have told somebody that two years ago, literally two years ago, Kevin, he played 58 games for the Rockets. He averaged 15 points a game. He shot 42% from the field and 36% from three for the season. Now, if you would have said in two years... Chris Paul's going to score 41 points in a Western Conference Finals game on the road and throw it to – like that, that, even if you didn't think he was done, even if you didn't think he was done. No, I'm saying, but even if you didn't write him off, the idea that his best could be ahead of him at that point was far-fetched. It was far fetched to believe that his best would be ahead of him, but you can't be better than. I he mean, I'm not I, like
0: like from an individual standpoint. Like these still aren't his prime years in terms of individual talent and numbers and production. But like, I still think two years ago, that final season with Houston, he just played way better without James Harden when Harden wasn't out out there on the floor. And this is where I think things were missed. Like he, it didn't work. For a lot of different reasons with him and Harden. But like when I interviewed Mike D'Antoni that year for a story that I never ended up doing, D'Antoni said to me, he's like, I think Chris Paul is still gonna play great for another three, four, five, six years. That this yep. guy's nowhere near done, that people are missing something here, and that Oklahoma City's about to get a great player. We saw him be that great player for Oklahoma City, like you said, Chris. I think so much about what he did last season with that team. I do. You know, He could have went there and pouted, like you said, recently. He could have pouted. He could have forced his way out and said, I don't want to play here. But instead, he took on a leadership position, helped along. Shay Gildas Alexander, all these young guys, they won a heck of a lot of games, competed, made a little bit of a run there. And then he went home, They're close to home in Phoenix. You know, his family is so located very much in Los Angeles, so he wanted to be close to home. And the fact that he's did that in Los Angeles, too, it's just great, man, the fact that everybody was there for him. And uh, How wild is it to think back? What if they would have
1: said, you know what, we're rolling with Chris Paul? Yeah. And they would have traded Harden then. I mean, it would have been, it obviously, it would have been insane to think about, but you Absolutely. know the way it all played out.
0: If, like, let's say Dan Toney yeah. was, like, in a stand Van Gundy role. That's right. And Dan Toney was like, I'm going to trade James Harden. <laughs> That's like, right. And keep Chris Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, to your point, though, Chris, two years ago, if that was said, of course, like, some people would be, you know, surprised. A lot of people would have been surprised. But, I, like, I, I think the point I'm getting at here is guys like Mike Dan wouldn't have been surprised. Mm. I, I think, like, there were a lot of people around the league who were like, I don't know. Chris Paul still got something here. He still has something left in the tank and he showed it, man. Like, and we'll see in the NBA finals, it could be because here's the thing with Chris Paul, he was dealing with the injury earlier. Then he had the COVID stuff getting back, getting back in game shape. We said on Tuesday show, a lot of short, you know, misses. If Chris Paul is back in peak shape here, back in basketball condition, for the NBA Finals here, that's going to be a, just a major boost to some of the issues that Phoenix has had on offense generating in the half court. If you get this
1: version of Chris Paul on a more consistent basis, he's amazing. He looked, I mean, you got the peak Chris Paul last night. Booker obviously looked a lot more like himself than he had in the, past, in, in the recent past too. And now you've got a delay. They're going to get some extra time Time off here uh, to get healthy. And just on the Paul thing, because it's obviously a Chris Paul appreciation day, 11-time All-Star, 10-time All-NBA, 9-time All-Defense. I mean, every accolade you could ever want. And I was trying to think as I was watching last night about, like, you know, you have that moment where it's like, every basketball fan feels good for this guy because you followed him for so long. And he's been a great, great player that has never been in the finals. And the list is not enormous of like the best players of all time that, cause he's on that list. He's on, he's one of the best players of all time. It, it, those accolades, you can match those up with all the greats. Uh, Dominique Wilkins didn't play in an NBA finals. Chris Webber didn't play in an NBA Finals. Carmelo Anthony never played in an NBA Finals. Probably, you know, in terms of accomplishment, because Nash won two MVPs, he's right there. I mean, Nash, he lost in three conference finals, once when he was in Dallas and twice when he was in Phoenix. Um, Of course, Chris Paul had lost four to three to the Warriors in 18, but... You know, and then you get down to like the 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 Vince Carters and the Joe Johnsons and honestly Paul George. Yeah. Like he's on that list. Like there's not that many when you think about like never played in a in an NBA finals, most of the greatest players ever or ones that have an insane amount of accolades have played in it before. And so that was something that was out there, right? It's not just like greatest players to not win a championship. That list gets way small when you're talking about greatest players to never play in a
0: finals. for sure. And, and of a, that's like a lot of more recent players, like George yeah, Irvin, yeah. somebody who didn't, yeah. you know, make Bernard the final, King, you know, yeah, of course, a lot, a lot of classic didn't. players. But you're talking yeah, the last yeah. 20, 25 years or so. Yeah, you know, most of those guys do, you know. And but you even
1: know. if though, but even if you listed off the greatest players from the fifties and sixties and seventies, still not a lot. of them did absolutely at
0: least make it you know you're 100% right and even if
1: they get beat they played in it
0: isn't it great that we're actually going to get to see Chris Paul in a finals? especially with this team with the way they play on both ends of the court I'm just I'm just excited to watch this Phoenix Suns team and and the fact that you know for us Chris we've had our fun back and forths about the Phoenix Suns over the years from the bright future Suns to now the bright now Suns it's just pretty wild since we started this show 2016 and together how Insane. much things have changed for that team from Ryan McDonough and Earl Watson to <laughs> Igor along the way oh, to, Igor. To, 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 now, to now I forgot about Igor to, to now James Jones and Monty Williams, a brand new practice facility. Like everything about the Suns, they used to have a dump. I remember when yeah. I went to Phoenix to report a story on the Suns, Chris, I think it was in 2017. And, like, I I sat in their practice arena with Earl Watson. That place was a dump, dude. It's like this little crappy, like, old gym attached to, to the arena. All the players hated it. Everybody in the organization hated it. And it was just kind of like I remember just sitting there being like thinking to myself, man, I like some of the young talent on this team. I love Devin Booker. I like what they're trying to do. But great teams don't have horrible facilities like that. It just felt like a symbol of where they were. And the fact that they replaced that <laughs> and have way better players now, uh, it's just cool to see how that team has changed with the people and with just how they run things there uh, overall. So for Suns fans, um, this is sustainable. That, that's, that's, that's one thought on my mind, that this is sustainable. This isn't a one-off. With this, in, with this infrastructure in place, front office coaching, the young talent on the team in addition to Chris Paul, these Suns team. this is for real. This is here to stay. They're going to contend for a been- long time.
1: They have a carryover of you know Booker from those from those years um many years ago, and then they they nailed the bridges trade, yeah, they did yep. The eight pick has worked out. They didn't nail that pick, but it has worked out. Yeah, right. And it, you know, sometimes it, things work out. If you
0: remove, out. if you remove, like the context yeah. in and, a vacuum, and, yes. it's
1: not the right pick. Yeah, but it has worked out. Um exactly. and it's a fit. And you know, they attained Chris Paul, and it was and Jay Crowder. You know, a like stroke like of too. genius. I actually went back and read the article. Um about that trade where James Jones is talking about it and he says Chris is going to bring uh, a level of competitiveness and like all the things that have happened are exactly what he envisioned when he made that deal. And just to refresh everybody's mind, they traded and it was Chris Paul and uh, Abdul Nader was in the deal too. But Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, Ty Jerome, Jalen uh, Lecue. And a 2022 first-round pick. That's what they gave up to get Chris Paul. And it changed their franchise forever. You know what I mean? Like, that is... uh, I mean, I guess if Ty Jerome became an all-time great, (laughs) it could look different. But, I mean, that trade is... It's not like they gave up, you know, the farm to get him. That's that's not much to give up to get what you just forty one points on yeah. the road in a game six of a Western Conference Finals. You gave up Ricky Rubio. I did he play this season? I don't remember um, Kelly Oubre, <laughs> who by all accounts Warriors don't even have interest in bringing him back. Um, Ty Jerome, who got to play for Oklahoma City as they were losing seven hundred games. Um, Jalen Lecue. No idea. And then I guess whatever this pick going to be, but it ain't going to be a good pick now because the Suns are awesome. Right. Newsflash. <laughs> Chris,
0: Chris didn't watch Rubio in Minnesota this year. <laughs> huh?
1: No, I'm I'm, I know, I'm, kidding. It was I'm a, kidding. Chris. It, I'm kidding. It was a joke know, that he I'm was kidding. Nothing. Kidding yeah, I know. Right. It's, yeah. I know. Um, it,
0: insignificant compared to Chris Paul. You know, yeah. it's just like he, he isn't even the same guy. So as he once was, but you know, That trade, what James Jones has done, the character guys that he's brought in, in a lot of intelligent, hardworking, selfless players that have all come together, that can be contributed to James Jones in the front office. You know, it it, like bringing him in and what he's done, the mind that he seems to have running the ship in Phoenix, you know, top down in this organization. Like they have alignment, and that's a rare thing. And that can go away quickly. Pull one piece out, things fall apart. But this team has alignment, and it seems sturdy. So for this Suns team to be here now, um, it's great. I mean, and I think yep. for them, considering like let's say if whether it's the Hawks or the Bucks, especially if it's the Bucks, if you don't have a full strength Giannis there. Um, Phoenix has a big time opportunity here, Chris, to win an NBA finals. They really, really do. There's a serious chance here with those teams being, you know, having their stars a bit limited right now.
1: This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. A couple of other people to feel really good about for uh, the Suns. Um, It goes without saying, there's virtually nobody in the world easier to root for than Monty Williams. What he has been through, both personally and professionally, um, the character guy that he is, um, and that everyone that has ever been associated with Monty Williams, you know that that's not that's not Monty Williams when you see him behind a microphone or on a camera. That is the way Monty Williams lives his life, um, and he's a religious man. Um, he is someone who has been through extreme tragedy yeah. and has showed a level of strength that I don't think... I, 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 I watch stuff like that um, as someone with a family, and I think about how what it would be like for me if I was in that spot, and you watch him, and you just are in absolute awe. In absolute awe. Like, people can go back and watch when he spoke at his wife's funeral, and it is one of the most moving things I've ever watched in my life. And, you know, that's one of those times where we don't know a lot about these guys' personal lives, but that one we were forced to know Mm. about his personal life, and we were forced to know a different side of him than we might have ever seen before and the way he conducted himself through all that. And I I just like, I can't have more respect for someone than I do Monty Williams. And for him to be at this point in his career, getting to the NBA finals, I, I would feel so intensely happy for him if he were able to win and have that professional joy. Um, Yeah, Especially alongside Chris Paul, who has been very uh, effusive in praise about Chris as a person and a friend to him through the darkest times of his life. Many times we don't know people's darkest times. We do with Monty, and he's done an unbelievable job with that team. An unbelievable job with that team. And if he wins it, I I defy anyone not to feel great for him. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, Monty Williams, his story, his family's story. Um, like you said, that tragedy, heartbreaking um, for anybody to go through something like that. The strength he shows, though, I mean, it's just it. it you, you can't help. But like you said, that speech he gave at his wife's mm. funeral, you can't help but watch that and just feel something, you know, yeah. feels, you know, whatever it's motivation or, you know. Maybe it's a, it changes your mindset or your approach to life. It makes you feel something and Monty Williams, the influence and the love that he has for his players and that his players have for him, the camaraderie that the entire team has assistant coaches, assistants, like that stems from him, you know, like in the way he is with his players and who he Absolutely. is as a man. And it's just great to see him in this place too, you know, with this team, with this roster and, uh, the Suns are an easy team to root for, Chris. They have a lot of a lot of people that are easy to root for.
1: One more shout out to a guy uh that you could be happy for is in Campaign? this moment. Well, sure. If Campaign? you want to. Yeah, that's that's, that's not who man. I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> Since 1973, Al McCoy has been a broadcaster for the Phoenix Suns. Oh, yeah, Al McCoy. Al yep. McCoy right? is 88. <laughs> And still broadcasting. Incredible. 88! <laughs> unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. It's amazing. Since 1973, he's been broadcasting games for them and has been with that organization and is now 88 years old. Still doing it. And how cool is that? Right? I promise you, especially that you ain't, you'll never see guys that old calling games again. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think you'll ever see guys. I I think that's a bygone era. The Al McCoys of the world, the Vince Scully's of the world. It's hard for me to believe that guys are going to be 88 years old, you know, call the games. You know, that 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 that, uh, that hometown guy, that guy that's been synonymous with the franchise for so many years. There's generations of fans, like maybe five generations. There's people with great grandkids that grew up listening to Al McCoy call games. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about.
0: I saw this tweeted out uh, yesterday. He only missed one game, one game. New Year's what? Eve 2005, because <laughs> he was sick. He had an illness at the time. One game.
1: Wait, this, wait, wait. Hold on now. It, it doesn't seem, 1973. It doesn't seem
0: right, does it? <laughs> I got it from Twitter. It might be wrong. Like It might be some misinformation, but I saw it in a couple of different it's tweets, so It's right. I feel good saying
1: it. <laughs> it's probably right. These announcers don't miss games. They really yeah, don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, yeah.
0: You're you're right. Not that's true. Like I grew up listening to these Mike jokers
1: Gorman. do not want to get wally pipped.
0: I, I like I've grew up hearing Mike Gorman do Celtics games. Sean Grady do you
1: know, on the radio, yep.
0: and those guys never miss games. Never. And if, and if like Gorman was out on TV, then Grady would be on TV a lot of the time. So it's just it, like these guys are, are iron men in the booth. I asked. <laughs>
1: well, there was one of those like really old. Uh, of broadcasters. And God, forgive me. I cannot remember who it was. I can't remember who it was, but when I was young covering games, I remember talking to him and I'm like, how do you, how do you get by? Like, how do you do it with your voice? How do you, you know, cause you're like doing this, you know, you're doing these pregame interviews, the coaches thing, and then you're doing these games and it's just over and over again. You're, you know, th- this was an older guy and I, God, I can't remember who it was. It's going to drive me crazy. The guy pulled out a box. All right? This is a a tip for all of our listeners out there. If you ever, like, get a sore throat or you got something bothering you or whatever, this guy pulls out this box, and he goes, this is how. And I was like, what is that? And it's a box. And on the box, it says, fisherman's friend. And I was like, "What is that?" And he's like, "It's throat lozenges." And I was like, "Where do you get them?" And he's like, "Get them at Walgreens." And I was like, "What? I've never seen this in my life. It's like a white. It's like a. It's, it's got like a fisherman at the front. It's called Fisherman's Friend. All right. So I went and I got them. Oh, they they taste like piss. I mean, they're terrible. But and they're brown. But it was like this broadcaster secret or whatever. And so like in the winter, Hmm. yeah, Fisherman's friend. And in the winter, I I can't remember which, it wasn't Al McCoy, but it was somebody like that. Right. And I remember them pulling out this like weird box of throat lozenges. Cause I was young and I went to Walgreens and I like bought some. And I'm like, Oh, these are disgusting, but they do. They do make your throat feel way better. They really do. I might have
0: to get some. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm now. I'm, I'm super curious. Hey, so. <laughs> hey, I'll probably I'll probably
1: become an endorser for them. I ju- <laughs> hey, I, I should take back that they taste like piss. It, it's <laughs> like weigh, the, that, I don't know. They taste, <laughs> but they work. There's going to be a huge pump in
0: Fisherman's Friends sales. There really in is. The next couple of days,
1: <laughs> nobody has bought them. I mean, hell, I can't promise you. You might buy them from Walgreens. They have dust on
0: them. It's, I mean, hey, if you're listening to the show. By now, it's going to be harder to get than an Xbox gonna Series be, X. Right, they're going to be
1: selling out everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I I'll always remember that because it was just a strange thing. Guy pulled out this weird box of throat losses. He's like, "Here's how I'm going to I'm going to like,
0: get some, and we're going to talk about it again Tuesday." Like at the end I'm going to do a
1: recon mission, and I'm going to try to <laughs> yeah. find out. I'm going to try to fi- I'm going to try to remember who that was, or if there is somebody famous for saying that. But I recall that. I mean, it's so many years ago now. Um, let's talk about the other side of that Phoenix thing. We've, we've, we've given them their flowers for sure. The Clippers, and you wrote about it. Let's just say on the game, there isn't that much to talk about from the game outside of the the brilliance of Chris Paul, and that was truly the story of the game. Um, that Clippers team, I mean, look, I don't think they have anything to be ashamed of. <laughs> they They knocked off Utah. They got the six games in this. If I just lined up, what they had what they were playing with and i said we're coming into next season there would be an argument as to whether or not that's a western conference playoff team truly there would be there would be an argument and so the fact that they were in the west finals knocking off utah and then playing to six games is rather impressive for sure um Kawhi leonard yeah, no and it's, it. a it's a credit to Tyloo. Yeah. It's a credit to Paul George. It's a credit to those players on that team and the depth that they had. Yes, and they do it. By the way, no one has ever mentioned this, or I know it's been mentioned, but not much. Well, they should have had Serge Ibaka too. Mm-hmm. Like that's a real, yeah, you know, that's a guy that was just in a title run a couple of years ago. A guy that helps you be able to go small. Um, these are real legitimate weapon to have and if you'd add him to the mix too along with Kawhi Leonard it's a different deal For and it's sure. what they envisioned having um so I don't think they have anything to be ashamed of outside of the Patrick Beverly play which was yeah. I'm you know Kev I talked to you a couple of weeks ago or last week about the broken nose thing right and I said look I could speak from experience on this about when you break your nose I could also as you mentioned as we mentioned during that about how I got in a lot of fights when I was a kid. I can also speak from experience about being a guy that runs his mouth too much. And there's rules to this, man. If you're going to be the guy that runs your mouth and if you're going to be the guy that lets everybody hear about it when you're successful and whatever else, you have got to be able to take it. That's the rules, man. Like, you, you don't get to just bark at everybody and talk trash to everybody, and then when they do it, you act like a little bitch and start sucker punching people. That's not, that's not right. That's not right. That's not the rules, man. Like, you, you, if you dish it out, you've got to be able to take it. That is a tale as old as time. Um, and I've always liked Pat Bev, but he is dirtier than hell. We know he's dirtier than hell. Um, and what he did at the end of that game, I know he apologized to Chris Paul today, but I don't care. I don't care that he apologized about it. That was he could have gotten really hurt. Number one, yeah, he could have, and number two, that is such that's such a lame move to push somebody from behind. Yeah,
0: especially as hard as he did it, like that In wasn't defend, a light push. That it, was when a, they can't defend on.
1: themselves. Yeah. they can't do anything about it. I mean, it's just it's I mean, yeah. weak. Man. Can
0: you imagine if Chris Paul got seriously hurt from that? That was, or, uh, or even just sprained his ankle or hurt his wrists. I mean, come on. Like it, it's just so dirty to do something like that and like it, it's nice that he you know said sorry sort of uh, with his tweet but I mean what a what a garbage play like that really yeah, I, that really that took really killed his
1: perception I'm serious yeah,
0: It did I think, and I, I'll tell you what I think something like that like remember, like well, people bring up the Russell Westbrook quote a lot Pat that yep. trick y'all right yep. He just runs around does nothing he trick y'all Th- This is going to stick with him too You have the Westbrook thing talking about how he's an overrated defender. That's right. And now you get this, and this is one of the dirtiest things you can do after losing a playoff series, especially like it just hurts, you know, perception of the Clippers too, because this Clippers team, the perception should be, this is a tough roster. The ability to fight through adversity, selfless guys in and out of the lineup, you know, still embracing and adapting and playing different roles, depending on what the game, the series demands. That's what it should be, but then you have that Beverly thing happen, and now people look at this team, and maybe it'll change. But right now, people look at this team, and it hurts. It just sinks.
1: I don't have any problem if he goes and he pushes him in, facing forward. I really don't. I get it. You snap, whatever. Yeah, but, but pushing, pushing in the you back. Do that. Yeah, but no, pushing it's in the, the back. Pushing, it's, yeah. it's the sucker punch. Yeah, that's what that is. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. But and we'll see. We'll see what the Clippers do. You know, if they even to bring him back, still under contract, but they'll be making some changes this off season,
1: some tweaks. Also, tough, tough video for Frank Kaminsky. Tough video, <laughs> just tough. <laughs> it's tough, Frank. Come on, come on, Frank. Frank the Tank. Frank, we got to do a little more than what you did here. I mean, he was like,
0: "Hey, hey, hey hold on, what's going on here?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> come on, Frank. Come on, come he, on, Mister Beverly. Please, look, Frank didn't want that smoke. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey! That's uncalled for. That's what I feel. That's what I feel like. That's like the little voice with Frank Kaminsky. Hey, hey! Come on, we're all
0: friends, Mr. Beverly. Please, we're,
1: Stay. we're just playing a basketball Don't game mess here, with Chris. <laughs> all right. So, Frank Kaminsky, be better. That's the only thing they gotta feel. Uh, uh, two things. Uh, nothing to be ashamed of, except for. Uh, their owner grabbing guy's groins and Pep <laughs> Everly pushing a guy in the back. Other than that, nothing to be ashamed for. Now, the Kawhi Leonard thing, who the hell knows what to believe, right? You're already getting rumored reports out there. Oh, he doesn't – he's not happy with the medical staff or he's going to have to have surgery in the offseason or – what? we don't even – like, it, it, it's a damnedest thing, and I just bitched about this with Giannis, but we don't – I. I have no idea what's wrong with Kawhi Leonard except for something with his knee, but I have no idea what happened to his knee. Like there was never, (laughs) there wasn't, there wasn't
0: an official report, but like it's been reported by myself and others that it was a sprained ACL. So, I mean, that's what it sounds like it was, but here's what I can add to that. Well, I'm seeing a lot of stuff reported, like you said, about not happy with the medical staff. My understanding is that what he's doing is no different than what he did in San Antonio. He just goes to his own doctors, and and like that's that. Like that's just the way it's gonna be. You know that he just doesn't show the certain medical records. He just goes to his own people, and that's just the way it is. But I think there's an understanding that that's just the way it's gonna be. I don't think there's any friction about it necessarily. I think everybody knows within what the injury is. It's an ACL injury, a sprained ACL, and it's not, you know far as we know maybe we maybe we're wrong because because, here's the thing here's the thing like we don't actually know like it's just who said it was afraid acl yeah you just hear things when you only actually know uh, when the clippers release that pr report or a team says exactly what it is when they do a news report with all the details like we don't know the honest we don't even know know if they
1: were if they did a test on it i don't believe so do I, we even I, I know? Be- I believe oh,
0: really? it's like his own doctors. From what, I mean, I'm sure and he had so some then testing. And relay- so then you're not dependent upon
1: him speaking, which is a very difficult thing to expect. <laughs> but you are expecting to hear, like, so he's telling people I spray my ACL? Like, again, if you don't know, we don't know. He could have, if he's not, if it's not the team that's doing the x-rays and administering and knows for sure what's wrong with the guy, you're just reliant upon whatever they say is wrong with them. Like I still to this day, I was like, oh yeah, he had a quad thing in San Antonio. Like I don't understand why it kept him out the whole time. I don't understand. Like I remember his quad was hurt. That's all I know. And I remember that there was that whole time period where San Antonio was like, we've cleared him to play. Like, Two months ago. You remember that? And then he got pissed and then he ended up, you know, that, that, that was
0: all that was some weird drama then. But like, I, I don't think, you know, as far as I can understand, maybe things change that it's not some big issue. And I, I think, you know, I had this line in the article where I'm like, nobody knows what's going on in Kawhi or Ted, nobody knows. We didn't know in San Antonio, didn't know when he was leaving Toronto, don't know now. But, like, when people around the league, executives and agents, talk about, well, what's going to happen with Kawhi? He can become an unrestricted free agent this offseason. He hasn't signed yet. It's weird he's not sitting on the bench. It's weird the medical staff doesn't know. You know, he could he's left the championship team before. He could leave anybody. Um, People look at what others are thinking. And, like, it sounds like a team like Dallas will try to go for him. It's been reported already that Miami, you know, has plans of going for him. So, you know, he'll at least care, Chris – have some options to look around, but I I don't see why he wouldn't go back to the Clippers unless there's some other reason. And I think that's what people... Especially when... when we don't know, we look for reasons,
1: you know? Well, especially when they've just obviously decided to let him do whatever the hell he wants to do. Like, he did whatever the hell he wanted to do last year. That were many reports about that, right? Rest when he wanted to, show up to planes when he wanted to, you know, whatever. And now, like, we talk about player empowerment... Like, Kevin, like, that's outrageous. I don't care what anybody says. It's outrageous. I mean, for for a team to say, uh, agree to the fact that we're not always going to be privy to your health. Like, they're paying you $40 million. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, to agree to that, obviously, that just shows you're willing to do, you know, I mean, again, it's all bargaining, and they obviously had an understanding that this is just this. These are the these are the these are the rules. If he's going to play for you, this is what he's going to do, and whatever. But I, not even LeBron like has his own X-ray machine that only he knows the results from. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, it's just crazy. It's crazy, and so you got a future plan. Uh, you added your article about kind of what their future looks like. I am... Let me just say this. As someone who just read the article, not know, I did not talk to you about any of this before I read your article. Once I read the part where you said he bought a $17 million mansion in March, I was like, shit, he ain't going anywhere. Yeah, I know.
0: I know. All $17 all, million. All, you don't yeah. buy a $17 million
1: mansion in Pacific Palisades yeah. if you're going to if you might go somewhere in a couple months. It's like, ridiculous. And I didn't put
0: this in the article because it just didn't read well, but that house was on, on 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 and off the market for 2 years and it started at 25 million. Uh. So like this was a house that was hard to sell, taking 2 yeah. years. And so it's not like he oh, but he's making an investment in LA real estate. The market's yeah. going boom right now. Th- going boom or not, these houses are hard to sell. Yes. So like if you buy a home L A. And as I reported in there, it seems like he's not taking those helicopter round trips, you know, from San Diego to L.A., you know, like he did, um, you know, before Kobe Bryant passed away. Like that was one of the turning points for him and a lot of guys um, to stop doing it or to consider stop doing it. So it sounds like he's not doing that anymore or not as often anymore. So buying a home. 17.1 Come on. million. Come like that, on. that signals that he intends to stay in LA a long time. Well, Cause or you're be buying a, a home time.
1: closer. Cause he was close to San Diego. Yeah. That was the big thing. Yep. So now you're buying a house Even closer, closer to where you got to be every day. <laughs> yeah.
0: And by the way, like in LA, that's a great, that's a place that's easy to get to the practice arena too. That's a super easy drive. Staples center can be a little longer, but it's a perfect location for an NBA player. Who's going to live in LA for maybe
1: four or five years. The other thing is, where the hell do you want to go? Nobody else is signing up for letting you do how, whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it. I'm, I'm sorry. Sure, I'm you sure think,
0: some teams, some teams might, but but Pat is there a Riley, bit-
1: Pat Riley ain't. <laughs> you kid, you said Miami. You think Pat Riley's gonna be like, yeah, yeah, do whatever you want. Oh, oh, you got hurt tonight? Okay. Uh, well, let me know after you uh, talk to Dr. Seuss or whoever you talk to. What's wrong with you? And we won't report anything. Dr. And Seuss. you just come play whatever you want to play. Dr. Doolittle. like what the hell? Like guys don't get to do that. Like that's not, it, it, might, it might
0: really just be Dr. Dennis though. Like oh, his Dr. Uncle Dennis. Friend. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uncle who Dennis.
1: <laughs> Yeah. He, I, I don't, I don't understand the whole thing, but I'll tell you this, the way they've rolled out the red carpet and the fact that you told me he brought a $17 million mansion, like that's three months ago. So what he's gonna he's gonna move all his crap, move into a house, and then he's gonna go play across the country somewhere else. Yeah, it just doesn't he just make bought sense. A that doesn't make any it, yeah, sense. It that, doesn't make I, sense. I, I stopped it, it, reading. And, after he, that. and so, if he does do
0: that, like either something blew up or yeah. like what a dumb investment.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so like what a risky investment, maybe. Really, I should say. Yeah. I. So I don't buy. I think Kawhi Leonard is going to be a Clipper now. The George angle is very, very fascinating. Because I think the I think the Paul George stock has gone up a massive amount in one year's time. He got to perform as the best player on a team. And you saw him score 30 points and a half of a Western Conference finals game. And if you look at it and you say, look. He was the best player on that team, and they knocked out the, the, the Jazz, and they, and they took Phoenix to six games, and my supporting cast and the guys I've got around would be better than that. Like, Paul George is a good value. He's still one of those guys that can be the best player on the court in the biggest games. Now, he's also going to be the guy that is nowhere close to the best player on the court in the biggest games, right? Like you're going to get both sides of it, but there's only a few. There's only a few that you could say that guy was the best guy in a game that included other great players on it. And so I think there's, I think there's a lot of te- – I, I, I think you could get way more for Paul George right now than you could have a year ago. I know that for certain. And I don't think that's crazy to believe. Especially if they were trading up.
0: I mean, if the Damian Lillard situation came to a point that he's demanding a deal, if Portland wanted to keep winning, you know, and not trade for younger pieces and picks and all that, it might be hard to beat a Paul George in a deal. Two way Mm -hmm. wing. I mean, say all you want. We talk about the downsides of Paul George. He had the 24 second violation, some no show quarters and everything. But when Paul George is at his best, I mean, it's remarkable what, what he can do and how smooth he looks just while Absolutely. doing it. The game looks easy for him. And in the, in the eight games without Kawhi, he averaged 30 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. And, you know, sure, the scoring efficiency was a little lower. He shot only 30% from three, only 80% from the free throw line. He had some, the two missed free throws. He had some rough moments. But he played more minutes than anybody in the postseason so far. He's a, he played 42 minutes per game in those eight games for the Clippers. He was an Ironman for this team, and he's the re, the main reason why they even got to a game six, why they got through Utah. He is the main reason. So despite some of those downsides, dude, this guy is awesome. And so for the Clippers, I, I look at it two ways, Chris. On one side, you're right. You could get a heck of a lot for him, and maybe there's a package that makes sense, either a Dames type of package or maybe like Ben Simmons and way, way more, right? Maybe something like that makes sense to do, but keeping this guy isn't the worst thing in the world, though, is it, Chris? No, no, not no. Bad no. At all. If, yeah. if
1: you if you have Paul George as your best player, you can be good, possibly really good. Yeah. If you have Paul George as your second best player, you could be a great team. You know, yeah. Like you do need in order to win a title, you need somebody better than Paul George alongside Paul George. Sure, that's and my. You
0: do, and you do in Kawhi.
1: Yep, you do. He just wasn't available, and,
0: and, right? and that and that's why, Chris. You know, with the Clippers here, to me, the biggest thing isn't, you know, about Kawhi. Like, you know, if he stays, it's not about mm-hmm. trading Paul George, potentially. It would be about what do you do with the rest of that team? You know, they, they had conversations for Kyle Lowry before the deadline. Yes. We'll see if that comes up again. I mentioned the idea of a sign and trade. Maybe you flip Luke Kennard with yes. another piece, possibly Beverly. Maybe you go for – maybe it's not Lowry. Maybe you go for DeMar DeRozan. Maybe you go for Lonzo Ball. There's options for the Clippers to make some tweaks here with their roster and elevate Kawhi and George with those surrounding pieces. Like the Clippers could get way better.
1: Look, I'm a Canard fan. You have to move Canard. You can't be. You can't have him on the. You can't have him on a payroll with that 64 million dollar contract. You got to find a way, even if it means you got to give up a pick alongside it, and you don't get all that. You don't. You don't get as much in return. You, You get the contract if you're not gonna play him big minutes which Ty Lue seemed resigned to not playing in big minutes then you move him elsewhere 100.
0: he has more value elsewhere he'll be 26 next season and he's a good player it's just that it doesn't work for the clippers for whatever reason
1: well and they and they, their two best players are wings yeah that's one of the reasons yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean and, right? and,
0: and also though i do think it is like on the anti-canard side here good offensive player but he get, did get attacked quite a lot defensively and didn't always hold his own. So that's an area for him as a player. I gotta get I gotta improve on defense to get minutes in the postseason. Like he's gonna get in the gym and work on his defense, work on his agility, work on his strength. So he's not getting picked on out yeah. there.
1: So I get off that contract. You you can't overpay Reggie. You just can't. Yeah, you gotta it's be. It's gonna careful be an there. overpay. I feel good for him. I'm glad he's gonna make the boatload of money. He's gonna get overpaid.
0: That's why that's why the Kyle Lowry idea.
1: The Kyle Lowry idea, yeah. that is absolutely perfect. Now, I don't know. Does Kyle want to go play with Kawhi again? Maybe so. Exactly. Maybe not. I don't we know. We don't know. Yeah,
0: we don't know. Maybe but, he wants to go to Miami with Jimmy Butler, his best friend in the league. Maybe he, he wants might. to go home to Philadelphia. I, we don't know.
1: Maybe Kawhi wants to go with both of them. You <laughs> <laughs> don't know. I mean, <laughs> who knows? We don't know. Yeah. Um, but I do think, like, if they if they run it back with George or Kawhi, they got to build to do around. But I don't think that these decisions, the Batum thing falls off, right? You mentioned that.
0: Yep, he'll be your free agent.
1: Yeah, that so that contract, what, what you have him, I know it's not much, but I mean, you're 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 falling off and then they've got some guys that are going to fall off of the books. Um you try to find landing spots for some other guys, um including Kennard and free up a little bit money and then like when you're when you've got guys like that, you'll inevitably be able to get some cheapo guys to sign there. You get guys at less than market value. I mean that deal they got a on was great.
0: Isn't that the important thing we saw in this postseason though? I mean, yes. whether it was a Batum or a Reggie Jackson or a Campaign or a Bobby yep. Portis, some of these quote unquote fringe guys can be pretty damn important to your success in the playoffs.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, last thing before we get out of here. I watched your video, Kevin.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> Don't sleep on the throwback, big. The Turkish Alperen Shingun. How about that for a pronunciation? Yeah, pretty good, Chris. You, you like watched the video, huh? <laughs> I watched it. Yeah, that's how I, I wrote it down. You should see how I wrote it down in my notebook. I wrote S. H E N dash goon. <laughs> that's phonetic. That, yeah,
0: that, yeah, that's that's good. right. I that's do I, do, do f- I do phonetics my own way too. Al I, I don't know. Shen I don't know this stuff you see like on dictionaries and basketball yep. offers That doesn't make sense to me. I gotta do it. I do them in the way that makes sense. Well, you really sold. <laughs> I
1: know you don't always write the titles. You really sold me on. Don't sleep on the throwback big. Oh, the tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, so no, I don't, oh, I don't do any any of. Any of That's my own. That's the headline on the ringer.com. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Don't sleep on yeah. the throwback pig. Uh, on, on the
0: YouTube, Chris, here's what we called it the Alperin Shengoon scouting report. That's yes. all it
1: was. What did well, you think I, about him
0: as a player? How do you like Shengoon
1: Um, I think I would love him if it was uh,
0: 1993.
1: <laughs> so, not to talk about Shen <laughs> That's Shingun what I think. This guy, he is the epitome of the extinct player. He really see, is.
0: See, that's where I think we disagree here, Chris, because on as is, as is, you're right. Alper and Shengun. you know, for anybody who hasn't watched the video yet, he'll be a 19 year old rookie, 6'9, 6'10, big man, 240 pounds. He's like a, a low post guy. He's got the spin moves, Chris, right? Mm-hmm. He's got touch with either hand. He can pass out of the post and defensively. Heaney he has a lot of work to do. He's not oversized, doesn't protect the rim at a high level. They um, call him uh, the in,
1: Turkish Greg Monroe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Did you just come up with that off the top of the dome? Yes, or you write yes. that down? That's, no. That's, I, yeah, I, that's, that's good. Off the top of my head. Not a bad comparison for who Shengun is today. <laughs> but Chris near 80% from the free throw line. And you saw some of the highlights in there of him hitting, hitting those step back jump shots, yeah. the fadeaways. Those are lucky one-offs. as hell to me. Nope. There's a heck of yes, a lot more did. videos we could have put in there. If we wanted to fill it up with a lot of those, there's a lot of those moments. It looked pretty good shooting the ball and workouts from three. I think there's a chance that shang could become a very, very good three point shooter. And maybe, maybe he only becomes like Luis Scola with a three. Maybe that's what he becomes but he could also be like a modernized version of a Kevin Love type of player. Like, and I think with Shen... What?
1: God. Kevin Love? No.
0: what? Why? Why, Chris? No. Why, Chris? <laughs> I don't mean like... What video did you I don't, watch? I don't mean... What? Wait, me, look at... I don't mean like 26, 27 oh. point per game, Kevin Love. Oh, I mean oh. like...
1: Kind now, of like style. Kevin loved it. Kevin loves it. Against, for the Cavs.
0: <laughs> and not the Kevin. Is- yeah, not this year's Kevin Love. Not Team also, USA Kevin Love. N- not all-star Kevin Love necessarily, but also not 2021 Kevin oh. Love either. Somewhere okay. in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like yeah. the qualities of a great post player who can shoot a bit, who can pass. I don't see how you don't like this guy, Chris. I'm serious. He's a great passer, that a great dude, post player.
1: Because we, because because he's not an athlete, he's gonna get played straight off the court every every we'll time. See. And nobody posts anybody up anymore. We'll see. You gotta guard the friggin' Jonathan Isaacs of the world, and the you know like that that that's who the fours are now in the NBA. The Evan Mobley is gonna get drafted, right? Chris, like, can he
0: become a bonus?
1: DeMontis no. Sabonis.
0: Can he become 85% as good as DeMontis Sabonis? No,
1: in fairness, I, I'm I
0: surprised just don't watched like a
1: five-minute highlight video of him. But the jumpers, I mean, they looked luckier than hell that they even went in. Let's see. He, and,
0: 18 years old, Chris, he won Turkish League MVP. It's the one of the third, some people say the second best, but probably the third best league in the world. And he won MVP at 18 years old.
1: I don't know. I just think the... The post up power forward is—that's an extinct guy. You might as well draft a triceratops.
0: <laughs> we'll see if he can develop a three.
1: We'll see. Yeah, no. no. I guess we'll we'll see if he can develop a three. I I wasn't persuaded. I love your videos. Thank I you. I just watched. I just watched this guy and I didn't. Think- hey,
0: uh, but I'll tell you what, Chris. There are a lot of people around the league who feel exactly the same as you. There are. There are a lot of people who are like, yeah, you're really drafting this guy in the lottery. But there are a lot of people who look at him like, I think he should be a top 10 pick. I talked to an executive recently who's like, I have him seven on my board.
1: Damn. That guy's getting fired. (laughs) Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, hey, look oh, the, the title. The title was "Don't Sleep on the Throwback Big." I won't, Kevin. I'm snoring on him. I ain't sleeping on him. I'm hey, snoring on him.
0: Jokic and Embiid. Shingoon. <laughs> they, they, the big man is back, Chris. Oh, the big man okay. is back. Shingoon. Yeah, this dude turns guy. out
1: to be amazing, you know what? Oklahoma City should draft I him know. And, put him
0: right. and poku. This
1: would be your dream. Shingun and Poku.
0: Well, I mean, I still have yet to name the next bright future team, Chris. That'll happen after <laughs> the draft, so we'll see. There's going to be a new bright future blank. Could be OKC. They're a contender for it. You know that. I
1: don't know. I don't they, might know. Be, they
0: might be too easy, though, with all those picks. Is that cheating to say the yes. bright future Thunder? Is that cheating? Yes. yes all those it's picks. Cheating. Yeah, that feels like yes. an easy
1: one. I know. When you have I 37 agree. draft picks over the next five yeah. years. You'd I hope agree. you yeah. got a bright future. <laughs> <laughs> you would hope so, yeah. right? Um, last thing: Are you going to do anything? For, do they do they shoot off fireworks in the Northeast? Yeah, like I mean, at homes.
0: Yeah, people do. You, yeah. Oh, you do. You, oh, we, we, don't, like, we, we don't. We don't. We don't. But like people are. Did you the when you were growing it.
1: up? Did you shoot them in your backyard? I don't think we ever once did. Yeah. Never. Oh, you didn't. No. Nope. People do it in your neighborhood. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Not as often thinking.
0: anymore. People don't do it much anymore. It's, it used yeah, to be right. loud back in the day. It used to be very loud. And now it's, you know, maybe one house in the neighborhood. Kind of weird how that changes. Hmm. I
1: don't know. Yeah. Uh, is, well, it, is it
0: busy in your neighborhood? A lot of fireworks? Well, so. Or what's going y- on for you this weekend? Yes,
1: there will be a lot of fireworks, but we will go down to uh, my buddy Gary Parrish, who writes oh, for cool. CBS. yeah, yeah. He, See, Parrish lives in Mississippi. Across the border? Oh, my God. They shoot off everything there. Really? <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. They don't care about anything. We may see a real bomb go off <laughs> in Mississippi. Nobody cares. They they, they they shoot off fireworks when it's not July 4th down in Mississippi. So we'll go down to his house and blow a bunch of crap up, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wild west down there brother
0: yeah chris i mean whether this fireworks or not for me i uh i look forward to the fourth of july seeing some family that'll be great seeing some people for the first time in over a year now so i'm, I'm looking forward to doing that with my mom uh so i'm looking forward to it man i hope you have a right. great fourth too and everybody listening who listens in, yeah uh, the whether United you're a
1: uh, having cookouts shooting off fireworks whatever you're doing this weekend have a uh, safe and wonderful uh fourth of july and we may very well, I guess by the next time we talk, we're going to have <laughs> NBA Finals participants. Yeah. We'll know who they are. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be talking NBA Finals uh, and Turkish basketball players by Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday um, night.
0: And on Saturday, Chris, doing the Ring Around B.A. show with Jay Kyle Mann. So that night we'll be talking about Bucks hawks game six. That'll be fun. There we go. Doing it live on Green Room as well.
1: Really? Yeah, after the Look game. Look at me, you, me Mr. Kyle Green Room. Yeah. You're a Green regular aerial Hawaii. <laughs> I saw that story where they hired him to do green room stuff. I was like, I'm I'm looking forward
0: to that before and after fights, right?
1: Yeah. And Connor fights on Saturday night. Mm, Okay. Connor McGregor fights on Saturday night. After
0: recording the pod.
1: Yep. Have to tune in for that. Yes. You're going to have to uh, fire that one up. All right. We'll talk to everybody next week. Everybody have a great weekend. Uh, Kevin, I'll talk to you Tuesday.
0: Have a great weekend, everybody.